Hi, I'm Joy. Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Girlish Gurus. And Susan, why are we here? We are here to start a conversation about female empowerment and the issues facing women our age at this time, and to have some fun along the way. So, let's get started. Okay. All right. So I think just to get started, we can basically just check in with each other. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) We haven't done this in a while. We haven't done it in a while. We haven't done any podcasting for quite a few months for a number of different reasons. Number of reasons. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. So it's good to be back together and doing this. We've seen each other, but this Mm -hmm. is, it's fun to be back doing this. It is fun to be back doing this. So today's topic, are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think this is an important topic? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons, but the relevance of it after COVID, I think has, it's become more evident to us, the Mm -hmm. importance of having friends and as women having girlfriends in our lives and the roles that they play. I think we realized it even more when we had to spend so much time alone. Mm -hmm. So to me, I don't know what I've done had I not had my girlfriends to talk to and interact with during that time. And we did it however we could. Absolutely. And I I totally agree. The pandemic really highlighted the issue of social isolation. It did. And how much it can affect you head to toe, Mm -hmm. truly. And I think that's one reason it's important to talk about this topic. But the other reason it's important to talk about this topic is because Friendships with women are uniquely important in that for women, especially women who are 45 and older, which is what we're talking about in terms of a demographic, because you and I both fit into that demographic. For us, it is practically fundamental to maintaining your overall health in so many ways, having those core critical relationships with women in your life who you can rely on and you can be yourself with and you can really go to for maybe not just advice but things like how do you deal with this and how did you manage this and what's your experience and just having those connections. I think that for that reason alone we as women while we have those relationships Some of us are lucky to have a few really close relationships throughout our life with other women. While we have those relationships, we don't really talk about how important those relationships are to our overall health and well-being. True, true. And you and I have talked about this many times, and we actually did a little bit of research just to see if we could dig into some data and facts that were out there about the impact on our mental and physical well-being of having those kinds of friendships. And we we found some really interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. You want to start off? Because you found the best one. Well, I found this article in the Washington Post, and it's dated, I think, in 2016. And the research is showing that friends are good for your health, Mm -hmm. not just fun to have around. And some of the biggest items for me I, I call the what I call them you, you called it the, the whoppers the whoppers <laughs> this is the whopper These article are, this is the whopper 
<laughs> so here are some of the facts that we found in there, the data that is scientifically supported from the article. Having close girlfriends is good for you physically to the level of quitting smoking and getting exercise. It ranks up there as important as those two things to your overall health. So I want to make sure I'm really clear about this. What you're saying is, according to this article, and that's based on a study, Mm -hmm. right? Having friendships is as good for you health-wise as stopping smoking or getting exercise. Correct. Right. Okay, so this means girls' night out. Girls' night out. Is practically the same thing as going to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's important for everyone to know. Get with your girlfriends. It's better than going to the gym. (laughs) Now, you may consume more calories in the form of wine and bonbons, but... (laughs) That that is true. (laughs) But here's here's one of the big facts that just blew my mind when we were looking at this article. So in 2015, there were 70 different studies done with 3.4 million people that found that the absence of social connections carried the same health risk as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day and that loneliness led to worse outcomes than obesity. Oh my God. And this was true for people of all different ages. I, that blows my mind. That's just, gotta, you gotta just sit with that for a second. That's So being lonely or being socially isolated and against the backdrop of the pandemic, that's even more of a potent statistic. Right, because that even emphasizes more all these statistics we've been seeing about sadly suicide mm-hmm. and mental health issues mental health issues that have increased gosh 15 cigarettes a day and led to worse outcomes in obesity did you say yes wow that's amazing it is that's just an astounding statistic mm-hmm. or an astounding finding i should say yes wow and if you want to read this article from the washington post I'll put a link to it in the description of the website. Yeah, it was really quite interesting. So what did the article have to say about friendships and relationships? Well, I think a big thing is the quality of your friendships over the quantity. Um, That's important that you want to have deep relationships, not just a bunch of, you know, fluffy ones. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) a fluffy... Friendship can be a fun friendship, I guess. (laughs) But I think as women, that's not an issue for us. No. Actually, this next article that we found on Healthline.com talks a lot about the science behind female friendship. This particular author was speaking from her own perspective and talking about the relationships that she had over her lifetime and how she just had that core group of women from, I think, grade school and college And then networking at work, I think. Mm -hmm. She developed some of these relationships. And those core relationships really sustained her throughout her life. Particularly because she's a single woman. Correct. Right? So some of the quotes from her article are really, really good. And from this person, Elisa Ruby Bash, she had a really good quote that says research shows that women possibly more than men need to maintain those connections. It increases serotonin 
and oxytocin, the bonding hormones. And she goes on to cite a study at Stanford that confirms this, as did a UCLA study showing that in times of stress, women don't just experience the drive toward fight or flight, they also release oxytocin. This hormonal surge can compel women to tend and befriend, also known as protect their families if they have them, and connect with other women. So this article was really good in that she talks about a particular characteristic of female relationships that I think is really important for us to highlight, and that is really quality female relationships that are enduring and strong are candid, and they are no judgment zones, basically. And that's different than relationships you might have with other people who are important in your life, like your spouse or your family members, who bring whatever their judgments are to the table. And you have to maintain those relationships, too, because, again, they're your spouse and your family members. I mean, they are with you for the duration of your life, hopefully. And they bring with them their own complications. Whereas relationships with girlfriends, that's a whole different type of relationship. And I know exactly what she's talking about. I have close friends who, you being one of them, who I can go to and talk with about deeply personal things. Yeah, I would agree. You know? Yeah. It's hard because the other thing too is I think with the friends like as you and I have become and then some others that I have, like even though we may disagree on things, there's this unconditional love there that, okay, well, we might not agree on that, but we know who each other is in the core of our being and that's who we love. And just because we might have a few things that we differ opinions on doesn't change that relationship. Right, right. And we still respect one another and respect that that respect for one another allows us to have our own opinions and be our own selves and still love one another. Right. That's so, so important. And I really think that women, when we come to the table with that intention, we're very good at that. We're very good at being able to say, okay, you and I defer on this, but to me, the relationship is more valuable than being right. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And we can agree to disagree, but we have to have that intention because women can also be catty, of course. Yes. <laughs> but... I think when we, as women, we have that intention as a top priority, mm-hmm. then we're very successful managing relationships where there are fundamental differences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can even become the best part of the relationship. Right. Because you, you sort of challenge one another. You sort of challenge one another or you get to see a different perspective. Right. And if they can be open-minded towards that, then at least you're educating one another and you're saying, all I'm asking you to do is think of this. Right. There's another side to this. Think Mm -hmm. of this. And that's healthy for all of us. Incredibly healthy. So. Another thing she talks about, which I thought was important. She says, of course, girlfriends can become closer than family. I think it goes back to what she said earlier And that is relationships between girlfriends are no judgment zones, basically. They're very candid relationships. She also highlights the idea that loneliness can be lethal. And I quote from her article, according to the Indian Journal of Psychiatry, it's the perception that one is alone, not the objective reality of how many connections someone has. 
that creates the most damage. This pathological loneliness, which can contribute to a variety of health problems, is growing more and more common. And that's just astounding to me. And I I think it's something that is easily fixed. If you have a minute to reach out to someone who you may see who's lonely, then please take a minute to do it. Yeah, it could make a tremendous amount of difference. Mm -hmm. It really can. Okay, finally she says, for some women, just a few close friends can be more than enough. And she quotes a few women in the article who say, my girl squad is small. I have these units of two, my two best friends from high school, my two best friends from college, and my two best friends from networking. What matters isn't how you find your people, it's that you do find them, or at least you try. Be proactive, Dr. Bash reminds, make that a priority. And if you don't feel satisfied with the number or quality of friendships in your life right now, it's not too late to work to, work to improve it. So she ends on a very positive note mm-hmm. and encourages you to go out there and do whatever you can to put yourself out there and meet people. And you never know where a conversation can lead you. Well, that's right. And I would like to point out about that. You know, there are many people who think, oh, I made these friends when I was a kid or in college or whenever, and I don't need any more friends. And I couldn't disagree more. I have made friends throughout every stage of my life. And some have like you, we just met two years ago. And our, our connection and our friendship has become invaluable to me. Yes. And I met a woman at a writer's conference a few months ago who has, we just clicked and that just sometimes happens. And I've been lucky enough to have that happen for me throughout Mm -hmm. my life. And I would never be close to the opportunity of making a new friend. Yes. Because you just never know the value that they can Mm -hmm. bring to your life or that you can bring to theirs. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's true. It's important. Oh, yes. And at any age, I agree. Any age. At any age. And not only is it important just because you want to enjoy your life and have friends and have a good time, etc. But it's important because there are a lot of specific health-related benefits that this next article we found talks about in depth. Yeah. So this is another Healthline article on the importance of female relationships by Dr. Marissa Franco. She says that female friendships are as important as eating right and exercise. She also says that she wishes she could prescribe friendship to people. She said it has to be a two-way street, though. How the relationships look doesn't matter. It's the quality of the relationship that does. What I think is funny is she says she wishes she could prescribe friendship. I know. I know. But that just shows you how important it has become. Well, not become. How important it is and we maybe just didn't realize. Well, I just don't think we realized the actual medical consequences of not having deep friendships. That's true. Which this article is good for. And the benefits of having. Mm -hmm. So... They cited, uh, what, nine different things that female friendship can contribute to as far as our the quality of our lives and health are concerned? You're exactly right. This article goes through nine different health benefits of having female friendships. And the first one is it promotes a sense of belonging. And there are a number of studies and quotes that support that. 
but the main one is a professor of psychology at the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. This individual, this doctor, has led research on friendships, the benefit of close relationships and marriage, and states a sense of belonging fulfills an important emotional health need and helps decrease feelings of depression and hopelessness. So that's something we've, of course, talked about. And I think it's important, again, just to highlight how that little kernel of a relationship can really affect your mental health overall. Yeah, definitely. The second item they listed was that friends can help boost self-esteem. And one of the things they cited in here was a study published in May 2015 that belonging to a social group goes hand in hand with increased self-esteem because people take pride in these relationships and they derive meaning from them. Which is a subtle thing that a lot of people don't realize that it's not just the quality of the relationship or not just what it can do for you, but it's also a point of pride to people. And we kind of developed this as grade schoolers, right? We take pride in our friendships and having those friendships and having that connection. And I think a lot of people don't realize it's not just the interaction with that person who we're in the relationship with. It's also, you know what? I do have some good friends. Right. And that comes up more often than you might think. Yeah. You know, especially as you get older. It does. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and those friendships, they boost you because, as it said in the article, they they cheer your successes with Mm -hmm. you. You know, when you're happy, they want to cheer for you when you've had a success, whatever that might be, and vice versa. It's like birthdays. It's like birthdays. Right? It's always nice to have your close friend say, oh, happy birthday, even if it's not, for me, even if it's not just a card or whatever, it's just a, a, an acknowledgement of, hey, yes. I'm watching your life with you. Yes. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that it's nice to have someone remember you in some way. Right. That right. has value. Yep. Number three, strong social connections help offset stressors in your life. And the quote from the psychology professor is that friendships go a long way in helping us buffer stress as we go through difficult periods of life. Friends can help. Unloading the details of a bad day onto a friend can relieve some of your own stress. And this reminds me of Marble Jar Friends, which we're going to talk about in a minute, Mm -hmm. from Brene Brown, something very important. But he also goes on to say physical touch can make a difference, too. A study published in October 2018 found that receiving a hug relieved negative emotions like stress. Positive and welcome physical touch is great for connection and health. And the pandemic has made that tricky, of course. They call this issue skin hunger or touch starvation. Isn't that interesting? It is. And they talk about it being a real thing, which makes boosting emotional closeness especially important during the pandemic. I totally am on board with the touch factor being important. Well, I mean, there have been all those studies done with babies who were not held or touched as they were infants Mm -hmm. and the impact that that can have. So, I mean, there's lots of huge data. Huge very big, very and big information around that whole area. Number four, friendships may help protect cognitive health. Ooh, this is a big one. This is a big so one. So big. Very big, especially for women because Alzheimer's tends to affect women more than men. Well, and also estrogen supports brain function. Right. So as we go through menopause and we lose that estrogen support, then your cognitive maintenance 
becomes very, very important. Whatever you can do to maintain that cognitive function is critical. Right, right. So some of the things they cited under this area were research involving elderly women found that having a large social network offers a protective effect over cognition and reduces the risk of dementia. Now, more research is needed around that to say why that might be, but I found that to be interesting. The other thing they mentioned was a study published in August of 2021 in JAMA, which found that having someone to have good conversations with may be part of what's protecting brain health. Uh, The data showed that in a group of over 2,000 adults who had participated in a heart study, that those who reported having someone in their lives they could count on as a good listener were more likely to have higher levels of cognitive resilience. Hmm. That's amazing to me to think about. Yeah, brain health. So number five, friends help us cope with grief of all kinds. You and I both know what that means and what that's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I would have done without having my friends around when my parents passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. When my mother passed I mean, away. Yeah. The next one was friends can encourage healthy behaviors. Yeah. And that's a biggie. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. That's a biggie. They make you accountable or they can, right? They can make you accountable for staying healthy. Right. Yes. And they can also help you find assistance that you need yes good place for advice good place for again hey how did you handle this experience what did this mean for you what suggestions do you have things like that absolutely well and you've done that for me for sure but it's finding the healthy choices that sometimes we may not be making for ourselves and our friends may then suggest hey you might want to try this Mm -hmm. this is what worked for me um because they want to see you stay healthy of course right Absolutely. They want you around. So not just I don't just want my friends around. I want them to feel great. Yes. Because I love them. Living I want their them, best life. Right. I want them to be at their optimal health and I just want them to feel good. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Right. So number seven, staying socially connected to others may lower the risk of long term health problems. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with number six. But I do want to note one particular thing that this article pointed out, and that is a review published in May 2020 in Neuroscience and Behavioral Reviews found that social isolation and loneliness may be linked with inflammation. That blows my mind. That is just astounding to me. I know. It It, is. It is astounding because inflammation is a big bad baddie. It's it's, it's a big bad baddie. It's the basis (laughs) of heart disease, arthritis, stroke, and Alzheimer's. Autoimmune diseases as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's astounding to me how damaging inflammation can be. Mm-hmm. It really is. And just to know that social interaction can help alleviate that, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. That's such an easy thing to do. Yes. Go have coffee with a friend. Call your whoever. Call your family. Just make an effort to socialize right these articles do point out that sometimes relationships can have the opposite effect (laughs) so be careful how you choose right exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if someone is a toxic person for you then you might want to kind of avoid that but that's a whole other different conversation as well however 
the fact that a social interaction can help you with inflammation is just an astounding finding to me. It really is. The other thing that I think we talked about too is the Mayo Clinic stated that having strong social ties has been linked with a lower risk of depression and healthier blood pressure and body mass indexes. Well, that means it can keep you thinner. (laughs) So there you go. There you go. That's a (laughs) no-brainer. Although I find hanging out with some of my girlfriends, again, there's consumption of calories in the form of chocolate and cake. (laughs) Perhaps a glass of wine. Yes. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, my. Okay, next one. Strong relationships may help us live longer. The big takeaway from this one was the difference in mortality risk didn't come down to age, gender, or even medical problems, but positive social connections with others. Um, This research that was done shows that those who have more social integration, whether that be marital status, number of friends, involvement with friends, had the biggest health health boost. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing to me. Yep. Again, no brainer. Yes. So if you can get out and about, the more social you can be, the better it's going to be for yes. your health. The better it's going to be for your health. Yes. Who mm-hmm. knew being a social butterfly was a good thing? <laughs> well, I don't know, but my third grade teacher told me it was bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Number nine: Healthy friendships tend to make us happier, and I love this one. Studies have shown that a strong social circle, as measured by study participants' cell phone activity, dun, 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 <laughs> was a better predictor of happiness and general wellness than fitness tracker data, such as heart rate and physical activity. Can you believe that? I know. And here folks are saying, oh, technology is a bad thing. Well, we know that it's not always a bad thing. We've read that in articles as well. I think even the Washington Post article mentioned that. Yes. That sometimes technology can be a bad thing, but sometimes it can be a good thing because right. it, you can stay connected through social media. They go on to say it helps you associate with happy people, especially if they live close by. Research involving more than 4,000 adults showed that having a happy friend who lives within a mile from you increases your own likelihood of being happy by 25%. 25%. Isn't that amazing? That is. And seeing them regularly, that needs to be a part. I'm telling you, corporate America needs to build in socialization breaks. They do. To the workday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just needs to be a thing. It just does. You know, and here all these years we were being told it was a bad thing. Yes. No, no, no. Work, work, work. And no more talking. Less talking, more working. Yeah. When really the opposite is true. <laughs> I knew it. My third grade teacher was wrong. I knew it. I knew it then. I know it now. <laughs> well, and who knew when we were growing up? I mean, I, I've always been a social person. <laughs> but Me too. Who, who knew growing up that by making all these friendships and being out there and being social that you were adding to your health. I mean, if I had known that, I'd have done it even more. Susan, we're prodigies. <laughs> Who knew? Oh, goodness. I'm tales of a third grade prodigy. That's me. <laughs> I wish I could go back and talk to my third grade teacher. Who actually, I did like. She was really nice. Her uh, name was Miss Chesterson. But I wish I could go back and say to her, hey, uh, that black mark you put on my chart because I'm talking too much. I'm going to tell you, that's just going to make me healthier. Mm -hmm. See, even being social when you're in college and stuff is not a bad thing. That's adding to your longevity. And 
you know what else it's adding to? It's adding to your marble jar, friends. This is a neat topic here. Right. And right. I, I, I kind of think we should start winding up a little bit. Yeah. With this story. Yeah. Because when I heard it the first time, I was actually sitting with my sister-in-law. And we were watching her Netflix special. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the first time I ever heard her talk about this. And she tells a story about her daughter, Ellen. Of course, if anybody hasn't read Brene Brown's books, I strongly encourage you to do it. They're so good. Ditto. All of them. Yeah, so good. Her latest one, Atlas of the Heart, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently had an opportunity to read some of it. So good. It's just so good. But she talks about her daughter, Ellen, being in the third grade and having that experience at school. And that's how she begins to explain what she calls marble jar friends. And she talks about trust being like a marble jar. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And you actually researched a little bit more about this. Yeah. So she she talks about how our friendships are developed over whatever time period and that each thing you do for a friend or each trust each builder event, each event you go through together is a trust builder and that doing that those things though whatever they may be adds marbles to the friendship jar and some of the things she talks about that are trust builders are asking for help receiving the generosity of friends because I'll tell you what receiving is as important as giving in a friendship. Oh, yes. It's got to be a two-way street. It is. But um, I think that goes to intention, which we kind of talked about. It yeah. does. Giving without recompense, contributing constructive and helpful feedback, designing and maintaining clear boundaries. To me, that's an important one, too. We have to know when, mm-hmm. where our friends' boundaries are and when not to cross those, mm-hmm. right? Being capable and reliable, owning your... Mm-hmm. <laughs> owning it owning it <laughs> being a vault meaning keeping secrets oh, right yes. knowing that when a secret is shared or a, a intimacy is shared that that you're the vault for that you mm-hmm. don't get to it's not your story to tell well and that's inherent to being a marble jar friend and building trust yes. is keeping someone's confidence yep choosing courage over comfort Practicing non-judgment. Big that's one. a biggie. Mm-hmm. Standing up for someone through integrity and creating a generous narrative about others. Right. Um, but all of those things actually build the friendship up and build that level of trust to the point where if you're, you and your friend have established these marble jars of support for one another, mm-hmm. those are the friends you're going to trust with your most intimate, deep, personal stories and problems and look to for help and support. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to understand the difference between the two, because sometimes you can overshare with somebody and you immediately feel like "Mm, that hasn't worked out well. Right. (laughs) Right. Or you can run them off. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I love this concept of the marble jar friend. I do too. Yeah, I do too. It's neat. Mm -hmm. She's something. That, she is something. Brene Brown. She is. <laughs> it, it would be fun to have her on the podcast someday. Are you listening, Brene? We'd love to have you. <laughs> oh. So I do think that the one thing I want to mention as we wind up here is that I have a theory. I believe that having 
talked about the importance of socialization and the importance of establishing these relationships as women and nurturing them means that as we hit 50 and beyond, a very, very important part of our life should be having lunch with a friend. I'm just saying. I think that's something we should really be working on trying to factor into our daily lives as we move into, you know, 50 and beyond. I do. And I think that that's, that's something that's, there's got to be some kind of little meme or acronym or living your best life kind of thing. And that means, okay, I'm lunching with, with my friends and we ought to be shooting for that, like, I don't know, two or three days a week. I don't disagree. It's, it's not a trivial point, given all the research and all the evidence that suggests the importance of that to our health in every way, shape, and form, we should be. We should be having lunch with friends three days a week at least. <laughs> Are you out there listening, America? <laughs> we're, starting a, <laughs> we're starting a movement. That's right. <laughs> lunch That's with right. friends. We need to have a lunch bunch. <laughs> That's, That's what my parents had. A lunch bunch? A lunch bunch. Hmm. That's what they called it, lunch bunch. Interesting. A lot of older folks in that age range meet for breakfast and things like that. That's what they did. It started out as breakfast, and then when they got a a little bit older, none of them wanted to get up that early Mm -hmm. to go to breakfast. Mm -hmm. So they started doing the lunch bunch. So you see, ladies. And they were all in their 90s, like, still doing this. So there you go. Proof positive. There you go. You see, ladies. We all need to be making up our own lunch bunches. Grab a couple of friends, a couple of you, and find some place to meet for lunch a few times a week and solves all your problems. Solves the problems of the world. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's how it works. Thanks for listening to this episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for a new interesting and fun topic. Be sure to check the description of this episode for any links or information about the episode's topics and to find us on our social media platforms. And don't forget to download this episode, give it a good review, and share it with your girlfriends. The more interaction we get, the more episodes we can post. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.